Is old school crowdfunding still possible? I've featured some incredible stories from other creators on this blog, but today's may top them all. It almost defies explanation, yet the creator has a detailed explanation that checks out. Today's story is of a creator who launched a game that had almost no following before the launch, yet it ended up raising over $100,000. While this strategy of purposely not, not building an audience in advance isn't something that I'd advocate, Philip's post may give hope to those who are hesitant to invest heavily in a game before you know whether or not it will successfully fund. Here's Philip. My main intention to create games was to play them myself with friends. However, when I developed Trench Club, I felt I was on to something. The game just worked really well. We played it often and every iteration made it better until it reached a point where it felt finished. That's when I thought about making it accessible to more players and decided to create a Kickstarter campaign. However, it turned out I ran my campaign in a very unusual way, especially in hindsight. I wanted to run the campaign the old school way, how at least I thought Kickstarter was meant to be. I wanted to present my idea, probe if it raises interest and gets funding to realize it, and I did not want to invest too much time or money up front when I did not know anyone except myself would like the game. I, have not built a, I had not built a community before and I have not spent a, lot, a ton of money on building nice prototypes or on Facebook ads to build a pre-launch community. I've also not spent a ton of time on social media trying to promote my game. However, the campaign was more successful than I ever imagined. Uh, over 400% funding, 1,000 backers, over $100,000 raised. Why did I do it that way? Well, first of all, I really did not know if it was worth it. I spent all my energy in the game development. My primary passion was to develop a great game and not to sell it. I wanted to use Kickstarter mainly to find out if anyone else would be interested in my product before I invested a lot. I wanted to try to see if I could walk out of a zero loss in case it wasn't funding. It was an experiment. The second reason was that I never really understood why building a community before the launch would be more cost efficient than building it during the campaign. You have to get people to see your ads, direct interested customers to your landing page, have them sign up on a mailing list, and then when the campaign launches, activate them to actually back the campaign. In each of those steps, you will lose some customers. If I only have a limited budget, why would I spend it before the campaign and have additional conversion churn? So my pre-launch marketing was limited to one weekend on a local game convention fair. I hand collected a bunch of email addresses of interested folks literally on a sheet of paper. I also sent a couple of quite rough prototypes to a few free previewers. I did not orchestrate the publication of these reviews towards the launch date, so everyone published when they were ready. They kindly included a link to my landing page with a newsletter sign-up form. When I launched the campaign, I had only 340 emails on my mailing list and only 210 signups on Kickstarter, mostly overlapping with my email list. My Facebook page had only 24 followers. I'm getting shivers as I write this, thinking about how naive I was. But don't forget, it really was not about making money, but just testing the appetite for my game. My campaign started slowly, as you would expect. So where do these backers come from? Let me start by saying that this requires some guesswork. It's very hard to track back where backers originally came from. They might have seen a Facebook ad and got hooked, but actually backed later via searching on Kickstarter. That would most likely show up as an organic Kickstarter customer. My first backers came from my mailing list. The hand-scribbled one from the board game fair had a very high conversion. This is a good reminder that not every lead has the same value. Someone I talked to in person on the fair could, who could, and who could physically see my prototype converted much better than someone who saw an ad on Facebook. 
When I reached my funding goal of twenty thousand after one week, I was thrilled and would really be able to that I would really be able to produce this. With the original additional funding I collected, I started spending some of it on Facebook and Board Game Geek ads. I paid attention to only spending what I had actually earned during the campaign, and I gave my funding curve an unusual shape. It looks pretty linear, not the typical S curve. You could see funding increases as the word spread about my game. Funding accelerated in the last few days as the advertising kicked in that I had earned during the campaign. There was also some traffic coming from review channel, reviewer channels. Most of them posted a news featuring, uh, referring to their early review when the campaign launched. As the campaign progressed, I started classic advertising strategies. I assigned every Facebook ad a unique URL so I could track manually their conversion on the Kickstarter dashboard. I sat down every evening comparing the Facebook spend in the Facebook Ads Manager with the pledges coming from this ad on the Kickstarter dashboard and changing the ads that did not pay for themselves. You can see that the share of customers coming from these external increases during the course of the campaign. In total, I've invested around $1,000 in Facebook ads and $1,000 in Board Game Geek ads, which I could track back to at least five times the pledges. I took a 20% ad spend as my guideline to determine if they paid for themselves. Please be reminded that these ads were the root cause for some pledges that show up as organic from Kickstarter as well. I also did most of my community building engagement only during the campaign. I got an incredible community who helped improve the game, provide feedback, and helped me with translations, and I got in touch with a solo rules developer. I met really fantastic people who helped me bring the game to another level. This is my story of running a campaign in an unusual way. What did I, would I do it again this way? It depends. If I'm out for a big commercial success, no. If I'm an indie developer getting started and wanted to test to see if anyone else is interested in what I'm creating, then absolutely yes. And I'm very glad Kickstarter can still work the way it was originally designed. For me and my game, this was a very important part of the journey. I learned a lot about board game design and even more so about online marketing and game manufacturing, all in a relatively risk-free environment, one step at a time. With the amazing community that built up during the campaign and with the many actual players after the campaign, I was able to improve the game and launch a new version. With everything I've learned and with some confidence now that there are some people enjoying this game, I've invested a lot more upfront in advertising to start the campaign with some momentum. I'm very curious how it will turn out and more though how I reflect about today's situation a couple of years from now. Here's a link to the new campaign. Back to Jamie here for a second here. I'm truly happy for Philip that he followed his passion and discovered that thousands of people shared it with him. I really enjoyed learning about what he did and didn't do. And the one bit of commentary I'd add is that there are many ways to build a crowd before launching without spending a cent. See some links below.